Chapter 7 through 11, Book 7, Volume 1 of Le Morte d'Artour by Sir Thomas Mallory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. L I B R I V O X dot O R G. Read by Marco at New Orleans, 2007. Chapter 7. There sat a knight all armed in black harness, and his name was the Knight of the Black Land. Then the damsel, when she saw that knight, she bade him flee down that valley, for his horse was not saddled. Gramercy, said Beaumaine, for always ye would have me a coward. With that the black knight, when she came nigh him, spake, and said, Damsel, have ye brought this knight of King Arthur to be your champion? Nay, fair knight, said she, this is but a kitchen knave that was fed in King Arthur's kitchen for alms. Why cometh he, said the knight, in such array? It is shame that he beareth you company. Sir, I cannot be delivered of him, said she, for with me he rideth, maugre mine head. God would that ye should put him from me, other to slay him on ye may. For he is an unhappy knave, and unhappily he hath done this day. Through mishap I saw him slay two knights at the passage of the water, and other deeds he did before, right marvellous, and through unhappiness. That marvelleth me, said the black knight, that any man that is of worship will have ado with him. They know him not, said the damsel, for because he rideth with me, they ween that he be some man of worship born. That may be, said the black knight, howbeit as ye say that he be no man of worship, he is a full likely person, and full like to be a strong man. That may be, said the black knight, howbeit as ye say that he be no man of worship, he is a full likely person, and full like to be a strong man. But thus much shall I grant you, said the black knight, I shall put him down upon one foot, and his horse and his harness he shall leave with me for it were shame to me to do him any more harm. When Sir Beaumain heard him say thus, he said, Sir Knight, thou art full large of my horse and my harness. I let thee wit it cost thee not, and whether it liketh thee or not, this land will I pass, maugre thine head. And horse nor harness gettest thou none of mine, but if thou win them with thy hands, and therefore let's see what thou canst do. Sayest thou that? said the black knight. Now yield thy lady from thee, for it beseemeth never a kitchen page to ride with such a lady. Thou liest, said Beaumaine, I am a gentleman born, and of more high lineage than thou, and that will I prove upon thy body. Then in great wrath they departed with their horses, and came together as it had been thunder, and the black knight's spear brake, and Beaumaine thrust him through both his sides, and therewith his spear brake, and the truncheon left still in his side. But nevertheless the black knight drew his sword, and smote many eager strokes, and of great might, and hurt Beaumaine full sore. But at the last the black knight, within an hour and a half, he fell down off his horse in swoon, and there he died. And when Beaumain saw him so well horsed and armed, then he alighted down and armed him in his armor, and so he took his horse and rode after the damsel. When she saw him come nigh, she said, Away, kitchen knave, out of the wind, for the smell of thy body clothes grieveth me. Alas, she said, that ever such a knave should by mishap slay so good a knight as thou hast done, but all this is thine unhappiness. But hereby is one shall pay thee all thy payment, and therefore yet I counsel thee, flee. It may happen me, said Beaumain, to be beaten or slain, but I warn ye, fair damsel, I will not flee away, and nor leave your company, for all that ye can say. For ever ye say that they will kill me or beat me, but howsoever it happeneth, I escape, and they lie on the ground. And therefore it were as good for you to hold you still, thus all day rebuking me. For away I will not, till I see the uttermost of this journey, or else I will be slain, other truly beaten. Therefore ride on your way, for follow you I will, whatsomever happen. Chapter 8 Thus as they rode together they saw a knight come driving by them, all in green, both his horse and his harness. 
and when he came nigh the damsel, he asked her, Is that my brother the black knight that ye have brought with you? Nay, nay, she said, this unhappy kitchen knave hath slain your brother through unhappiness. Alas, said the green knight, that is great pity, that so noble a knight as he was should so unhappily be slain, and namely of a knave's hand, as ye say that he is. Ah, traitor, said the green knight, thou shalt die for slaying of my brother. He was a full noble knight, and his name was Sir Perard. I defy thee, said Beaumain, for I let thee wit, I slew him knightly, and not shamefully. Therewithal the green knight rode unto a horn that was green, and it hung upon a thorn, and there he blew three deadly motes, and there came two damsels, and armed him lightly, and then he took a great horse, and a green shield, and a green spear. Then they ran together with all their mights, and brake their spears unto their hands, and then they drew their swords, and gave many sad strokes, and either of them wounded other full ill. And at the last, at an overthwart, Beaumain with his horse struck the green knight's horse upon the side, that he fell to the earth. And then the green knight avoided his horse lightly, and dressed him upon foot. That saw Beaumain, and therewithal he alighted, and they rushed together like two mighty kemps a long while, and sore they bled both. With that came the damsel, and said, My lord, the green knight, why, for shame, stand ye so long fighting with the kitchen knave? Alas, it is shame that ever ye were made a knight, to see such a lad to match such a knight as the weed ever grew the corn. Therewith the green knight was ashamed, and therewithal he gave a great stroke of might, and clave his shield through. When Beaumain saw his shield cloven asunder, he was a little ashamed of that stroke, and of her language. Then he gave him such a buffet upon the helm that he fell on his knees. And so suddenly Beaumain pulled him upon the ground groveling. And then the green knight cried him mercy, and yielded him unto Sir Beaumain, and prayed him to slay him not. All is in vain, said Beaumain, for thou shalt die, but if this damsel that came with me pray me to save thy life. And therewithal he unlaced his helm, like as he would slay him. Fie upon thee, false kitchen page, I will never pray thee to save his life, for I will never be so much in thy danger. Then shall he die, said Beaumain. Not so hardy, thou body knave, said the damsel, that thou slay him. Alas, said the green knight, suffer me not to die, for a fair word may save me. Fair knight, said the green knight, save my life, and I will forgive thee the death of my brother, and forever to become thy man, and thirty knights that hold of me forever shall do you service. In the devil's name, said the damsel, that such a body kitchen knave should have thee in thirty knights' service. Sir knight, said Beaumaine, all this availeth thee not, but if my damsel speak with me for thy life. And therewithal he made a semblance to slay him. Let be, said the damsel, thou body knave, slay him not, for on thou do thou shalt repent it. Damsel, said Beaumaine, your charge is to me a pleasure, and at your commandment his life shall be saved, and else not. Then he said, Sir Knight with the green arms, I release thee quit at this damsel's request, for I will not make her wroth. I will fulfill all that she chargeth me. And then the green knight kneeled down, and did him homage with his sword. Then said the damsel, Me repenteth, green knight, of your damage, and of your brother's death, the black knight. For of your help I had great mister, for I dread me sore to pass this forest. Nay, dread you not, said the green knight, for ye shall lodge with me this night, and tomorrow I shall help you through this forest. So they took their horses, and rode to his manor, which was fast there beside. CHAPTER nine. And ever she rebuked Beaumaine, and would not suffer him to sit at her table, but as the green knight took him, and sat him at a side-table. Marvel me, thinketh, said the green knight to the damsel, why ye rebuke this noble knight as you do. For I warn you, damsel, he is a full noble knight, and I know no knight is able to match him. Therefore ye do great wrong to rebuke him, for he shall do you right good service, and whatsomever he maketh himself, he shall prove at the end that he is come of a noble blood, and of king's lineage. 
Fie, fie, said the damsel, it is shame for you to say of him such worship. Truly, said the Green Knight, it were shame for me to say of him any disworship, for he hath proved himself a better knight than I am. Yet have I met with many knights in my days, and never or this time have I found no knight as match. And so that night they yede unto rest, and all that night the Green Knight commanded thirty knights privily to watch Beaumain, for to keep him from all treason. And so on the morn they all arose, and heard their mass, and break their fast. And then they took their horses, and rode on their way, and the Green Knight conveyed them through the forest. And there the Green Knight said, My lord Beaumain, I and these thirty knights shall be always at your summons, both early and late, at your calling, and whither that ever ye will send us. It is well said, said Beaumain. When that I call upon you, ye must yield you unto King Arthur and all your knights. If that ye so command us, we shall be ready at all times, said the Green Knight. Fie, fie upon thee! In the devil's name, said the damsel, that any good knight should be obedient unto a kitchen knave. So then departed the Green Knight and the damsel. And then she said unto Beaumain, Why followest thou me, thou kitchen boy? Cast away thy shield and thy spear, and flee away. Yet I counsel thee betimes, or thou shalt say right soon, Alas, for wert thou as white as ever was Wade or Lancelot, Tristram or the good knight Sir Lamorak, thou shalt not pass a pass here that is called the Pass Perilous. Damsel, said Beaumain, who is afeard, let him flee, for it were shame to turn again, so then I have ridden with you so long. Well, said the damsel, ye shall soon, whether ye will or not. Chapter 10 So within a while they saw a tower, as white as any snow, well matchgold all about, and double diked. And over the tower gate there hung a fifty shields of diverse colours, and under that tower there was a fair meadow, and therein were many knights and squires to behold, scaffolds and pavilions, for there upon the morn should be a great tournament. And the lord of the tower was in his castle, and looked out at a window, and saw a damsel, a dwarf, and a knight armed at all points. So God me help, said the lord, with that knight will I joust, for I see he is a knight errant. And so he armed him and horsed him hastily. And when he was on horseback with his shield and his spear, it was all red, both his horse and his harness, and all that to him longeth. And when that he came nigh him, he weened it had been his brother the black knight, and then he cried aloud, Brother, what do ye in these marches? Nay, nay, said the damsel, it is not he. This is but a kitchen knave that was brought up for alms in King Arthur's court. Nevertheless, said the red knight, I will speak with him or he depart. Ah, said the damsel, this knave hath killed thy brother. And Sir Kay named him Beaumain. And this horse and this harness was thy brother's, the black knight. Also I saw thy brother, the green knight, overcome of his hands. Now may ye be revenged upon him, for I may never be quit of him. With this either knights departed in sunder, and they came together with all their might, and either of their horses fell to earth. And they avoided their horses, and put their shields afore them, and drew their swords, and either gave other sad strokes. Now here, now there, raising, tracing, foining, and hurling like two boars, the space of two hours. And then she cried on high to the red knight, Alas, thou noble red knight, think what worship hath followed thee. Let never a kitchen knave endure thee so long as he doth. Then the red knight waxed wroth, and doubled his strokes, and hurt Beaumain wonderly sore, that the blood ran down to the ground, that it was wonder to see that strong battle. Yet at the last Sir Beaumain struck him to the earth. As he would have slain the red knight, he cried mercy, saying, Noble knight, slay me not, and I shall yield me to thee, with fifty knights with me, that be at my commandment. And I forgive thee all the despite that thou hast done me, and the death of my brother the black knight. All this availeth not, said Beaumain, but if my damsel pray me to save thy life. And therewith he made semblant to strike off his head. Let be, thou Beaumain, slay him not, for he is a noble knight, and not so hardy upon mine head, but thou save him. 
Then Beaumaine bade the Red Knight, Stand up, and thank the damsel now of thy life. Then the Red Knight prayed him to see his castle, and to be there all night. So the damsel then granted him, and there they had merry cheer. But always the damsel spake many foul words unto Beaumaine, whereof the Red Knight had great marvel, and all that night the Red Knight made threescore knights to watch Beaumaine, that he should have no shame nor villainy. And upon the morn they heard mass and dined, and the Red Knight came before Beaumaine with his threescore knights, and there he proffered him his homage and fealty at all times, he and his knights to do him service. I thank you, said Beaumaine, but this ye shall grant me, when I call upon you, to come afore my lord King Arthur, and yield ye unto him to be his knights. Sir, said the Red Knight, I will be ready, and my fellowship, at your summons. So Sir Beaumain departed, and the damsel, and ever she rode chiding him in the foulest manner. Chapter 11 Damsel, said Beaumain, ye are uncourteous so to rebuke me as ye do, for meseemeth I have done you good service, and ever ye threaten me I shall be beaten with knights that we meet, but ever for all your boast they lie in the dust or in the mire, and therefore I pray you rebuke me no more, and when ye see me beaten or yielden as recreant, then may ye bid me go from you shamefully. But first I let you wit, I will not depart from you, for I were worse than a fool, and I would depart from you all the while that I win worship. Well, said she, right soon there shall meet a knight shall pay thee all thy wages, for he is the most man of worship of the world except King Arthur. I will well, said Beaumain, the more he is of worship, the more shall be my worship to have ado with him. Then anon they were where, where was afore them a city, rich and fair, and betwixt them and the city, a mile and a half, there was a fair meadow that seemed new mown, and therein were many pavilions, fair to behold. Lo, said the damsel, yonder is a lord that owneth yonder city, and his custom is, when the weather is fair, to lie in this meadow to joust and tourney, and ever there be about him five hundred knights and gentlemen of arms, there be all manner of games that any gentleman can devise. That goodly lord, said Beaumain, would I fain see. Thou shalt see him time enough, said the damsel, and so as she rode near she espied the pavilion where he was. Lo, said she, seest thou yonder pavilion that is all of the color of Ind, and all manner of thing that is thereabout, men and women and horses trapped, shields and spears were all of the color of Ind, and his name is Sir Persant of Ind, the lordliest knight that ever thou lookst on. It may well be, said Beaumaine, but be he never so stout a knight, in this field I shall abide till that I see him under his shield. Ah, fool, said she, thou wert better flee betimes. Why, said Beaumain, on he be such a knight as ye make him, he will not set upon me with all his men, or with his five hundred knights, for on there come no more but one at once, I shall him not fail while my life lasteth. Fie, fie, said the damsel, that ever such a stinking knave should blow such a boast. Damsel, he said, ye are to blame so to rebuke me, for I had liefer do five battles than so to be rebuked. Let him come, and let him do his worst. Sir, she said, I marvel what thou art, and of what kin thou art come. Boldly thou speakest, and boldly thou hast done, that I have seen. Therefore I pray thee, save thyself on thou mayest, for thy horse and thou have had great travail, and I dread we dwell over long from the siege, for it is but tenth seven mile, and all perilous passages we are past, save only this passage. And here I dread me sore, lest ye shall catch some hurt, and therefore I would ye were hence, that ye were not bruised nor hurt with a strong knight. But I let you wit that Sir Persant of Ind is nothing of might nor strength unto the knight that laid the siege about my lady. As for that, said Sir Beaumain, be it as it be may, for sithen I am come so nigh this night, I will prove his might, or I depart from him, and else I shall be shamed, on I now withdraw me from him. And therefore, damsel, have ye no doubt, by the grace of God, I shall so deal with this knight, that within two hours afternoon I shall deliver him, and then shall we come to the siege by daylight. 
O Jesu, marvel have I, said the damsel, what manner a man ye be. For it may never be otherwise, but that ye come of noble blood. For so foul nor shamefully did never woman rule a knight as I have done you, and ever courteously ye have suffered me, and that came never but of gentle blood. Damsel, said Beaumain, a knight may little do that may not suffer a damsel. For whatsomever ye said unto me, I took none heed to your words. For the more ye said, the more ye angered me, and my wrath I wreaked upon them that I had do withal. And therefore all the missaying that ye missaid me furthered me in battle, and caused me to think, to show, and prove myself at the end what I was. For peradventure, though I had meat in King Arthur's kitchen, yet I might have had meat enough in other places, but all that I did it for to prove and to say my friends, and that shall be known another day. And whether that I be a gentleman born or none, I let you wit, fair damsel, I have done you gentlemen's service, and peradventure better service yet will I do, or I depart from you. Alas, she said, fair Beaumain, forgive me all that I have missaid or done against thee. With all my heart, said he, I forgive it you, for ye did nothing but as ye should do, for all your evil words pleased me. And damsel, said Beaumain, since it liketh you to say thus fair unto me, wit ye well, it gladdeth my heart greatly, and now me seemeth there is no knight living, but I am able enough for him. End of Book 7, Chapters 7-11 through 11, of Volume 1 of Le Morte d'Arthur by Sir Thomas Mallory